Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. A lot of self-sabotage and self-destructive behaviors including mental and emotional instability, potentially depression, feeling shit about yourself, self-defeat, normally comes from this consistent approach to life. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that I came across many, many, many years ago when I was studying just some stuff on different areas of psychology. And I heard about this idea and I thought, oh, this is interesting because this potentially could be a bit of an insight as to why at the time I was self-destructing mentally. I consistently would beat myself up. I would feel like shit. I would go and chase these big goals and these big dreams and then self-defeat and feel like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't smart enough. And then I would get depressed and feel like shit. And I came across this theory and it made me really think a lot more in depth about the way that I was living life. And since that time, having made a lot of changes with my own goals, with my own mindset and in the way that I operate, it's really given me an edge in the way that I live. But not only that, it's given me a massive edge in the way that I teach my events, you know, the results that we get with our clients. So what I'm talking about and what I came across was this idea of something called the hedonic treadmill. Now you may have heard it before, you may have heard of hedonic adaptation. Now what hedonism is, when we look at the word hedonic, you may have heard it before or hedonism. What we're talking about is the pursuit of pleasure. Now, in a lot of psychological science or psychology or fields of human behavior, you've probably heard this idea that humans naturally go and seek pleasure and we avoid pain. And so it's this idea of pleasure and pain, avoid pain, seek pleasure. Now, this has been reinforced and thrashed in different fields of psychology. It's also been thrashed in personal development areas. And most people live their life based on this theory. But what I started to find out was that when you study more in depth into fields of psychology, a little bit in neuroscience, and you start piecing this jigsaw puzzle together, what you realize is that pain leads to the seeking of pleasure and pleasure or the pursuit of pleasure normally leads back to our pain. And so it becomes this vicious cycle that most people in society live in for this pursuit of pain. Now, when we look at this idea of hedonism, essentially when we're chasing pleasure consistently, we're going to be heavily disappointed. And the reason is that if you look at the theory of hedonic adaptation, what it says is that humans naturally return to a baseline of happiness. Now, I don't like the word happiness because I've spoken to some of my colleagues like Dr. John Martini and some other colleagues out there about this, that anytime we pursue something where we see a one-sidedness or we're trying to chase happiness without unhappiness, we're trying to chase comfort without discomfort, We're trying to chase pleasure without pain. The more we live life like that, the more we have this seek and avoid mechanism within our own brain. That seek and avoid mechanism normally means that we run off of fear a lot of the times or we're trying to avoid fear, but it also creates these impulses that we consistently have. Now, my belief, and from a lot of the research that I've done and from talking to a lot of my colleagues out there who have similar theories, whenever we are seeking pleasure in life, it normally leads back to pain and the pain normally reinforces our need for this pleasure again. And it becomes this huge pendulum that swings back and forward, back and forward. And most people in our society keep chasing this idea of pleasure without pain. 
And so they keep self-sabotaging, self-destructing. Then what happens is that they end up with this fucked up mindset where they're going, you know, why can't I get pleasure? Why do things always go back to being shit again? Why do I end up always in a rut? Why do I end up coming back to this negative state of mind? And a lot of the personal development industry and psychology industry reinforce this stuff and it sells. Like positive thinking sells because most people who go to positive thinking events know that they're negative, know that they keep ending up in ruts, know that they keep self-defeating, know that they keep beating the shit out of themselves. And so they keep trying to be more and more positive without realizing it's the pursuit of trying to be positive that actually leads to their negativity. Whereas those who are very stable in life and tend to achieve a lot aren't positive and they're not negative. In fact, they're very stable. They're very balanced people. I wouldn't consider myself a positive thinking person, but I wouldn't consider myself a negative thinking person. I know that I have times of both, but during the day, I don't even really think about being positive or negative. Just like during the day, I don't really think about being happy or unhappy. I just do shit and I do shit because it's part of my mission. And my mission is the thing that gives me inspiration. It gives me a drive in life to want to be better and to want to improve life. And I actually have a love for what I do. Now, when we have a look at things like the word love, the word love is a balanced state. So when you love somebody or you love something, you take both the pleasure and pain together. So if you've got kids, you'll know this because your children are normally your dream and your nightmare together. And if you're a business owner and you love running a business, you know that the business is both your dream and your nightmare. If you love going to the gym, you know that the gym and exercising is both your pain and your pleasure. Like it's fucking hard to go to the gym and lift weights and to push yourself cardiovascularly. And you know that your brain wants to give up and you have these negative thoughts and you keep going. And at the end of it, you go, cool, I feel good about this. Now, if you do that over an extended period of time, you normally get good results, but both pleasure and pain are normally combined. It's not one or the other, it's both. So what I found is that the people who achieve a lot live life based on both not one or the other. Because people who live life with one or the other normally end up with mental health issues. They are self-defeating. They normally have self-sabotage patterns. They will normally procrastinate. They'll beat the shit out of themselves, which means they lower their self-worth. Should they lower their self-worth, they're gonna have less self-belief. They're gonna have less confidence. They're gonna have less courage. They're gonna have more fear and all of those types of things. You're gonna have more emotional volatilities and potentially you're gonna have more mental health issues or a mental health crisis. Because life is trying to teach us truths. And I believe based on my own research and as I said, speaking to other colleagues who are very advanced and have a high level of knowledge and a high level of wisdom, know that you can't have one without the other. So this idea of the hedonic treadmill talks about seeking of this pleasure. Sometimes it might be called the pleasure principle sometimes, but what it says is that humans are driven by pleasure and that we're always trying to seek pleasure. Now, I believe that is the case if you are driven by your emotions, not driven by a mission. And this is why I harp on about making sure that you're clear with your values, making sure that you set your success map in life, which is the exact things that I go through in my Thrive Time event. And it's also the reason why I believe that our Thrive Time event, the event that I've been running now for about eight or nine years, and I think we've had well over a couple of thousand people come to that event so far, and we haven't even started ramping it up yet, but we get people who come from all around the world to do that event. And we've had some pretty high level people as well, including the ex-head of Air Asia, the airline, come and do that event. You know, we've had people that uh, rich listers and so on come and do that event. But we also get people who just want to have a better life. You know, last year we had someone who got straight out of jail and within, I think, four or six weeks they were at Thrive Time because they knew that they wanted to achieve a life where they were mission-driven, not goal-driven or not pleasure and pain-driven. So if you have a look, most people are driven when they're trying to get away from fear and most people are driven when they're elated and excited and have set these really big goals and they're excited about them. But after a while, that excitement wears off. And the same as if you're fear-driven, 
at first, when there's a lot of fear and a lot of pain there, you really drive hard to get away from the pain. But over time, you will slowly start to find yourself becoming more and more unmotivated. Because as you start to achieve, the pain becomes less. And so the drive becomes less. And this is why people that are driven by pleasure or these elated goals or these excited goals and they're all pumped up and amped up, they'll say things like, you know, I consistently start things, but I just never finish them. And that's because when they start stuff, they're excited. They're driven by pleasure. They've got this big goal and it's exciting and it's fun. And then as they start to achieve and they start to implement things, it becomes less exciting. It becomes less fun. And now they've got to work through the pain and work through some of the shit that they've got to go through in order to get that goal. And now it's not as exciting. It's not as fun. And so then they look for the next thing. This is sometimes called the shiny object syndrome, where people chase the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing, because they need that pleasure, that excitement but it doesn't get them good results over an extended period of time. Then if you have a look on the other side, there are a lot of people who are driven by pain. So they get fat over Christmas, they eat a whole bunch of shit food. Then second week of January, they go, right, that's it, I'm starting the 12 week challenge. They go to their local gym, they sign up, they do their 12 week challenge thing, they throw all their food out, all the shit out of the cupboards. You know, I'm never gonna eat chocolate again, I'm never gonna drink beer again. And then they go on this 12 week journey of pushing themselves hard. After a couple of weeks, as they start to lose weight, the pain starts to reduce. So then they start missing gym sessions. Oh, I'll go next week. You know, maybe I'll just eat a little bit of chocolate. Maybe I'll just have that bottle of Coke. And so now they are back in a position where they're not getting the results that they want. Their enthusiasm starts to drop. This again is that hedonic adaptation. They're dropping back to a more balanced point of, I guess, what you could call happiness. They'll just go back to doing what they've always done because that's where they're comfortable. That's where they're happy. This is why at my events, I don't talk about happiness a lot because I think that it's a really shitty term. And those who tend to not do well in life consistently chase happiness. I don't think it's a good metric for life. I don't think it really helps people to be inspired. I don't really think it makes people feel purposeful. I think it's just something that a lot of people try to chase because they don't know any better. And this is also why I do this podcast, because I really want to educate people that I think a lot of the stuff that we're taught in society doesn't work. And again, this is the masses. This is the majority of people were taught about happiness. But if you have a look at the greatest achievers on the planet and the people who achieve the most, they're normally very fulfilled, but that doesn't mean that they're happy. Fulfillment and happiness don't have a relationship to each other. Right now I'm recording this podcast. I love teaching and I'm quite fulfilled doing this, but it's also a pleasure and a pain. Like it's a pain in the ass because I've got to give up my time to do it. I don't get paid for it. But at the same time, I enjoy the pleasure of being able to share knowledge and hopefully help to educate people to live a better life and achieve more. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, I can gain some trust and that you realize you've got a huge potential inside of yourself and maybe you need some better tools for that. And so hopefully you end up at either my Thrive Time event or you'll come along and do our business growth odyssey if you're a business owner and you really want to grow or something like that. So, you know, it's both pleasure and pain. It doesn't mean that I'm happy doing it, but it doesn't mean that I'm unhappy doing it. And I get that a lot. Like a lot of people say to me, you know, you seem fairly happy. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm not happy, but I'm not unhappy. I do shit because I'm fulfilled in doing it. I'm fulfilled in the pursuit of my goals. I actually really enjoy becoming a better person each day. Am I always a better person each day? No way. I fuck up a lot of things. I make a lot of mistakes. I do a lot of dumb things, but I'm trying to learn from those things consistently in order to be a better person. And by being a better person, it normally means that I need to grow. In order to grow, I'm consistently learning. I'm consistently trialing things. When I trial things, you make mistakes, you fall over, you go back to old habits, you go back to old patterns, and that's part of the game. And I just keep trying to do it better and better and better each day. And the more that I do that, the more I succeed and the more fulfilled I am because I'm not comparing what I could be to where I am today. I'm comparing who I was yesterday to how I behave today and what I'm trying to do. And should I improve a little bit? I go, cool, I'm improving. And that's, I think, an enjoyable part of life or an enjoyable process. That doesn't mean that I'm happy. Doesn't mean that I'm unhappy. I don't really chase pleasure. I don't really need to get away from pain. I just do stuff because it's what I really enjoy doing.
quickly. If you're a business owner in Australia that makes over 300K per year and you're wanting to grow to $10 million or you're frustrated that your business still heavily relies upon you to get stuff done effectively and efficiently, then message me or my team on social media to find out more about my 12-month business implementation and growth mastermind called Business Growth Odyssey. We currently only intake 10 business owners each month into the program, and there are still some places open for this month's intake. Our goal is to help you to create more operational freedom in your business so that the business doesn't rely on you as the owner. We help you to implement processes, systems, management, hiring, and all the other things like sales, marketing, and so on to help you to scale your business without the usual levels of extreme anxiety, stress, pressure, overwhelm, etc. that most business owners face when they scale their business between 300K and $10 million. Plus, the best thing is you attend live business growth events each quarter, have weekly accountabilities, and join an amazing network of driven business owners who do not accept mediocrity in life or business. So message me or reach out to my team to find out more and set up a call. So when it comes back to the hedonic treadmill, if you have a look at something like, let's just say drugs, drugs are a really great example of this because when I talk about a baseline of happiness from the what's called the hedonic treadmill, when you're chasing this pleasure principle, let's say you try a drug for the first time, you're probably going to get a great high, you might feel good about it and you go, wow, I felt really good. I've got this amazing pleasure, dopamine's released, potentially serotonin, depending on, on the drugs or whatever, but you get this huge euphoric rush where you feel great. Then the next time you crave that again because it sort of moved your perception of life up a level. So you've just had this feeling that you haven't felt before or at a level you haven't felt before. So the next time you try the drug and it sort of feels the same, but a little bit less. So you have a little bit more of the drug and now you've got to have more of the drug to give the same level of happiness or pleasure. And then so you keep trying this drug. So every weekend you go out, you have the drug again. Over a year long period, you've got to have more of the drug in order to give you the same feeling that you had of pleasure. And so over time, you're consuming more and more of the drug or more and more of the alcohol in order to get that same feeling that you were chasing. That's part of this hedonic adaptation. Your body will adapt to this pleasure and it tries to bring you back to a baseline of normality. So drug addiction, from my perspective and from what I've seen working with people who label themselves as drug addicts or have potentially been to rehab before. A lot of them start off by using the drug to get this pleasure. Then they have this pleasure and they keep using more and more drugs over time in order to get more and more of the pleasure. They go from light drugs to heavier drugs in order to keep chasing this pleasure, this feeling that they're after. But over time, they keep needing more and more and more to give the original feeling back because they return back to a baseline of pleasure. And after a while, their baseline just becomes the drug. And so in order to just to function of a normal day and have both pleasure and pain, they need to have the drug. So when you see someone that's heavily drug addicted and they're living on the street, their whole life is fucked up. That's because they keep chasing this huge amount of pleasure, but the huge amount of pleasure equates to a huge amount of pain. They just don't realize it. So when we walk along and you see someone living on the street and they're pushing a shopping cart around and they've got their rug and their quilt or whatever, and they're sleeping on the street, most of us think that's extremely fucked up and that's a bad way of living. And I would hate to live that way. But for them, that's their balance of pleasure and pain because they're having huge amounts of drugs. Like let's say it could be heroin. Let's say they're a heroin addict. They're using heroin, getting this huge euphoric rush, and they need more and more of that euphoric rush in order to feel good about life. But that good has to be balanced out with how shit they feel. And so by living on the street and all that, they're really suffering heavily, heavily, heavily. But that's the counterbalance. That's the balance. If you just don't use drugs, then you don't need to live on the street or you don't need to suffer in a way with the come down and the feeling like shit and the self-depreciation and all that stuff that a lot of people go through after they've been using drugs for a period of time. That doesn't happen. That's also the reason why I don't drink a lot anymore. Back when I was younger, I'd go out, I'd party, run a mark, I'd have all this fun. But over time, I noticed that things were starting to become more and more painful every time I drank. I would drink and then all of a sudden I'm in a fight or 
you know, I'm getting kicked out of a nightclub because I'm fucking hammered or I'm throwing up all over myself. And over time, I started to realize that there was this huge amount of pain with drinking, especially to excess. There were things where I was getting in arguments with friends. I just wasn't really that fun to be around. When I first started drinking, I was fun because, you know, I can keep drinking more and more and more. But what I noticed was now I'm like drinking a lot. But this is back in the day when I say now. I would drink more and more and more. And I'd go out and be like, I can out drink everybody. And I thought that was a great thing. Like I can out drink everybody. What I was really saying was I can outspend everybody on the amount of fucking alcohol that I was consuming. I can get more pissed and I can do more damage to my body. Look how cool I am. And a lot of our society operate that way, especially in Australia. Like I've got friends of mine and they're like, yeah, I got pissed on the weekend. I'm like, yeah, cool. Awesome. So you spent all of this money that you've worked hard for in order to try and prove what you're worth. Does drinking more than me make you feel like you're more successful than me? Like, I don't fucking know. But this is how I was back in the day because I didn't really have anything else or I didn't really have a lot else. And I was quite lost. That was my way of connecting with people. And I thought the more that I could drink, the more I was, I guess, a top dog. Now looking back, I go, yeah, I got what I needed to at the time, but it's just, I don't need that anymore. There are other ways that I would rather feel like I'm doing well in life than being able to out drink people or, you know, be able to have shot after shot after shot until I'm fucking paralytic and getting dragged out of a club and put into a taxi where I get driven around Adelaide for an hour why the taxi racks up a whole bunch of extra cash by taking side streets and going off track. I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but this happened quite a lot. And so the pleasure of drinking started to become painful. I would wake up and I'd be more hungover. And, and so over time, the more that I got clear with my goals, the more I got clear with my mission, the more I understood my values, the more I realized that drinking was actually damaging my ability to live a great life. And so these days I very rarely drink. Every now and again, I might go out and I might have a couple of drinks. I think last time I went out was probably November. Went out, had a couple of drinks, a couple of drinks turned into a few more drinks, got home, didn't really feel the best, didn't really feel the best the next day. And I thought, you know what? I don't know that it was worth it. Although I did enjoy the night. So, you know, it was what it was. And I got to connect with a lot of great people, but I just don't do it. Like I very rarely will have a glass of wine at home by myself or actually I couldn't tell you the last time I had a drink by myself or I couldn't really tell you the time that I went out was the start of December that I went out and had a drink with a client and we had a wine because he just bought a large yacht and it was something that he's worked hard for his whole life in order to achieve. And I've been working with him for five or so years. And so now he's got to a point where he's able to afford the yacht that he wanted. So he bought a brand new yacht and we had a glass of wine. Now I'm fine with that. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel guilty about it, but I also know the consequences of doing that. And I was quite balanced about it, but I didn't get pissed. I didn't run a mark. So coming back to this idea of the hedonic treadmill, please understand that if you're chasing pleasure, eventually that pleasure will stabilize and that will become your normal. So if you have chocolate and you feel good eating chocolate, over time you can eat a block of chocolate and you won't feel any better. You'll just feel that that's normal and you'll find yourself eating chocolate every night. If you're drinking alcohol and you keep drinking alcohol and that's your pleasure at first, you'll feel really good about it. And then over time, that will just become your normal. We get home from work and you just have a couple of drinks every night. My dad's like that. He gets home and he has a couple of beers every night after work. We go out for dinner and he'll get a couple of beers because that's just his normal baseline of, I guess, pleasure you could call it or the hedonic adaptation. That's his new normal now. So the more you chase pleasure, the more that is going to become your new normal. And then when you don't get that, you're going to feel like shit. And this a really good example of this is caffeine. A lot of people need caffeine because they are stressed. They don't know how to be mission driven. They're not really clear on the goals that they're wanting in life. Maybe they're living outside of their values. So they burn out more. You know, burnout is directly proportional to your ability to have clarity around your mission and also live your values. So if you want to have large amounts of energy throughout your day and your week and your month and your year, and you want to be really productive, then you want to be living your values. You want to be super clear on them. You want to prioritize them and you want to be mission driven. If you're goal driven or you're hedonistic, you'll work really, really hard. 
you'll put a lot of pressure on yourself. You won't enjoy it because you'll be trying to run away from pain. So as you're working, pain will be in the back of your mindset. It will burn a lot more energy. And so you start to burn out. Like everybody knows, if you're doing something you don't want to do, you feel more tired. When you do something that you enjoy, energy goes up. Like this is so obvious, but most people don't really talk about it. Like I hear people talk about, you know, the correlation between your energy levels throughout the day and what you eat. But your mindset, I can tell you right now, having worked with thousands of people, I've seen this over and over and over again. The clearer someone is with their values and the more mission-driven they are, the more they have consistent, stable energy and good energy levels. Normally also, they have better sleeping patterns. They will have better mental and emotional stability. They'll have better habits. They will be able to prioritize their time more effectively. Hence why I teach all this stuff in my Thrive Time event. When someone's not driven by their values or they're not driven by their mission in life, what you'll find is they have these huge peaks and troughs. They'll have large amounts of energy when they're excited. They'll have low amounts of energy when they're doing things that they feel aren't giving them pleasure straight away. And again, they'll be on this hedonic adaptation or this hedonic treadmill where they keep trying to have energy and then they burn out and then they try to have energy and they burn out. You'll find that they have a higher likelihood of using sugar as a way of having energy. They will tend to overeat more or eat a lot more, so they might put on weight more. These are very common patterns of behavior of people that aren't clear on their values and aren't clear on their mission and don't really have a really good success map for their own life. So this is just something to be aware of. I really wanted to talk about this idea of the hedonic adaptation, also the pleasure and pain principle. I used to go and do so many personal development events, and they would all talk about this principle of pleasure and pain. Goals are good. When you get to your goals, you need to celebrate. You need to reward yourself. But you're only going to reward yourself if you feel like the journey itself wasn't the reward. If you wake up every day and you're loving what you do, you don't need to fucking celebrate a goal. Okay? You just get there and you're like, yeah, cool. I achieved the goal. This is really, really cool. The achievement of the goal shows you that you're on your path, you're on track, and that you've been very, very intelligent in the way that you live. You can enjoy the fact that you've got a goal. But if you're someone who works really, really hard and grinds and every day you fucking suffer in order to achieve something, and then when you achieve it, you've got to go out and you've got to party and you waste money and you celebrate this goal, you'll probably go backwards. Most people who lose weight suffer and they grind for their 12-week challenge. Everything sucks. They're eating this shitty food. They don't really enjoy the process. And then they get to the goal and they go, woohoo, I'm going to celebrate. This is that hedonic treadmill. They're using pain as their driver. You know, I'm in the mirror. I hate myself. I'm fat. I look disgusting. Right, I'm going to go do a 12-week challenge. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to look better. So they use pain as their motivator. Then over time, they get to their goal. They now celebrate. I'm going to go eat some good food now because I want to enjoy life again. And so now they start overeating. They're eating all this shitty food. Calories are cranking. And then bang, the weight's back on again. So they are consistently driven by pleasure and pain. This is that hedonic treadmill. This is that cycle, the vicious cycle that most people get themselves in. It's really, really ineffective. There aren't many people around the world who teach what I teach because I think most people are driven by pleasure and they're trying to avoid pain. Not a good idea, especially if you want to achieve great things in your life and you want to maintain those results. I think there's nothing worse than working towards something and then just fucking self-destructing or self-sabotaging. Because you go backwards, you end up starting from the start again. And really, the only thing that you've got is you've got great lessons. And if you don't look at those lessons and learn from them, you are bound to repeat them. And so most people, if you look at people who try to lose weight, they don't learn from the lessons that they're getting, from the pain that they're getting of working really, really hard to achieve something, chasing pleasure, trying to get away from pain. And then when they get their goal, they celebrate and then they fuck it all up again and they end up back at the start again. And they're not learning the lesson, so they keep doing it over and over and over again. All the personal trainers out there who are listening to this probably know exactly the same pattern. There are probably a lot of you who do exactly this with money. You work really, really hard, start to get ahead financially. Then you increase your lifestyle. The increase in lifestyle means an increase in bills. And now you're fucked again. You're back at zero. And so then I have a lot of people who come to my events and they go, you know, I just can't afford to put money in savings. Like I can't seem to get ahead. I need a pay rise. You don't need a pay rise. What you need is you need better financial habits. If you create better financial habits, you don't need a pay rise. 
So just because you get more money doesn't mean you're better with money. You can make a million dollars a year and I've worked with these people. You can make a million dollars a year and still live the exact same way with the same amount of financial stress as someone that earns forty dollars or $50,000 a year. This is very, very normal. Because if you are shit with money at making 50 grand a year, you're gonna be shit with money at 100 grand a year. And if you're shit with 100 grand a year, you're gonna be shit with 200 grand a year. And this is the exact same reason that the majority of people who win cross lotto end up worse off than what they were before they won cross lotto because they don't have the habits. They live off this pleasure and pain principle. The pain is I'm always stressed about money. I keep buying more shit than what I need. I have no real good habits. If I just had more money, life would be better. If I just had more money, life would change. If I just had more money, I would do things differently. Then they get the money and they do the same thing that they've always done. Now they've got the pleasure. They buy the cars, they buy the depreciating liabilities and then bang, all of a sudden they're back in the same position. If you're going through any of the stuff that I'm talking about, you are on that hedonic treadmill where you just keep running and running and running trying to achieve something and feeling like you're not getting anywhere. You'll also get a lot of feedback, which is this self-depreciating, self-defeat. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. You know, I've been working hard all my life and, and so on. If you feel like that, you need to get really, really clear on your success map in life. Now, I've spoken about this on in multiple podcasts before. You'll be able to piece it together. If not, come to my Thrive Time event because I guarantee it will change your life. And in fact, I give a money back guarantee for that exact reason that should you implement the tools from Thrive Time and you consistently use them over a period of time, I guarantee you'll start winning the game of life and you'll start standing out beyond the average or the mediocre within our society. You will start achieving great things and you'll keep those results because you'll know exactly when you're out of balance and trying to get pleasure and trying to avoid pain or you know being fear-driven or worry-driven. I hope this episode makes you think about what really drives you and what really motivates you in life. And if it's pleasure and if it's pain or it's the avoidance of pain and the seeking of pleasure, then you can live like most people in our society or most animals. Most animals live off of a pleasure and pain principle. If you wanna break out of that, Start getting clear on your values, really understand what your mission is in life, get really, really clear with your purpose, understand what your lifestyle balance looks like based on your values and set your life up to enjoy the process of life, not just these moments in time where you've achieved something and then afterwards self-destruct. I hope that helps Driven Mofos. Keep kicking massive goals. Hopefully I'll see you at Thrive Time one day or our Thrive Time event one day soon. If not, keep pushing it, keep pushing hard and really make sure that you are mission-driven and not goal-driven and make sure you keep balancing out your mental and emotional volatilities. Have a great day.